Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's all sports leader, the Horn. Quarter, Rob. You like fifth quarter? I love fifth quarter. Hell yeah. yeah. Get them up. Maybe you just put up four four fingers for the fourth quarter. We just put up the five, baby. Five. The final, put final up. three segments mm-hmm. of our show. Fifth but, quarter. Uh, fifth quarter. I like that. Overtime. Extra time. But hey, no. It's just either way, it's winning time. time. Our it's time. It's winning time, man. Yeah, That's what the fourth time. quarter's about. I love that. Uh, also, speaking of winning, I'm going to play a game with you here coming up, Rob. Play a game. I like games. Uh-oh. But I wanted to play with this this first. I played this piece of audio we didn't get to in uh, in who said that because they already say who it is. I want to get your thoughts on this because you don't play fantasy football. I don't. I'm a little. I get too involved. I get too invested. It's almost yeah, an addiction to me, and I need. You're I a need low CD right sometimes. Yeah, look at the, look, look look the notes that I have just for doing a radio show. Could you imagine me doing a fantasy football, having a fantasy football team or multiple ones, and how many notes and how many stats I have to track and keep up with? It's just not no. And I can't watch football on the weekends and enjoy it because I'm always watching with some ulterior motive. And I'm always watching, hoping that you know my players do better than other players. I just want to watch football, so I stopped playing. I used to play, and I was in several leagues, and I just stopped. Oh. It's not worth it for me. And I, I've yeah. tried to take it less seriously, but it's just fun. I it's so fun. It is. And I always say this about. Um, I love it. I like the idea. I mean, it's so much fun to go to the draft and see the guys you haven't seen all year because we. I see those most of those guys, unless I run into them somewhere at a football game or on Bebo Boulevard or whatnot. I only see the guys I play in the fantasy football league with. You know, with the drafting at the payout party. Yeah. And then after that, they're just trash talking each other. Trash talking on text. Oh, yes. You just got, you just got molly whopped, man. All that kind of stuff. I, and I missed that. It's, it's really fun. It's really, to me, I, like I said, it's really a a cool um, kind of a unique way to socialize to yeah. um, with your social circle, whoever it may be. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm too invested. I, I really am too invested in it, and I'm glad I don't do fantasy football anymore i can't i can't do it in a healthy constructive way <laughs> yeah. it's like a, it's a it, to me it ends up being uh something that i don't enjoy it, it's not bringing joy to my life it's actually something that deteriorates my quality of life so i, I can can't see that it. i can see that i yeah. absolutely can see that and then yeah. you're not it's supposed one. to be fun yeah uh it is and it, but I, if you keep it you know it's fun and not too serious but i will say that the league i'm in with the the guys have been in the longest y'all take it seriously it's a big money league exactly big also we didn't even talk about the financial element that adds a whole nother you know motivation and incentive to it yeah you I mean, got hundreds of dollars on the line you're like okay i gotta win this what's what's the what's the pot what's the grand pot prize well, pot for your i, your I league? gotta remember but i know that it's uh the total pot is six grand Oh yeah, I'd be taking that very twelve seriously. teams, five hundred a team. Ooh, so my buddy, be, yeah, and, my buddy and I part, we split it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's serious business. Exactly, it's a that's good serious payout. business. Yeah, that's serious. It's a good business. payout because yeah. I think the winner takes eighty percent of the yeah. of the take. Some treat that like a like a side gig. That'd be like another job. Side hustle. Side hustle. You know. <laughs> well, trust me, when we again don't win it, and uh, my wife's like, oh, "There goes another two hundred fifty dollars." Yeah, mean, you know. No, uh, yeah, that's the way they go. But it, it keeps you busy throughout the football season. But you're right. It also keeps you engaged, and you want to see how your team does. Just I, my rule is no more than two leagues. I can't be in more than two leagues. And the only reason I say that is that uh, did you see what happened at the San Francisco Giants baseball game the other night? No. Because some leagues who take it super seriously have a punishment for the last place team. They at the beginning of the year the teams vote. 
on a punishment for the. You were saying earlier that when Texas plays Tennessee for the whole year, it should be a punishment. You, you can you, you have to lose a, lower use a lowercase t. You can't use lower, the uppercase t. Lowercase t, right? <laughs> uh, you can't. You, know, you got to do that. Well, in in leagues, and and the reason leagues do that is they you don't want team teams who are not in contention late quitting. Because it's it's unfair mm-hmm. to the league. So because if, yeah. if you have a, a a player who's not going to make the playoffs, so he stops you know fixing his team and putting starters in that are off or hurt, well you know, it's competitive balance. Because then teams that are you know teams are playing teams are tanking essentially, and it's not fair to the competitive balance. So they try to keep them engaged. And so all you want to do is stay out of last place. Oh, okay. Yes, exactly. You want to stay out of last Don't place. Don't be like, Don't be in the gutter. So here it is. This is from the San Francisco Giants baseball game the other night. Listen to this, because normally their normal play-by-play voice was in the dugout, and here's why. Listen to this. Hey, there's our bat boy. Let's go, Walker! You know who that is? That's Dave Fleming. Having the time of his life. <laughs> he looks like he's having fun. There's Dave. Uh, He's so not going to get a lot of rest. So, so Dave Fleming had to be the bat boy for the Giants for a game <laughs> because now was he lost because he lost the bet yeah. or the fantasy? He, la- he was last place. In the wow, league. he was the last place team. That is great. <laughs> that is, I'm glad he did well, either. So he He's a man the, of his he had, word. He had to take the night off. He had yeah. to put on just like a kid would. He had to oh, put on man. the full bat boy uniform <laughs> and serve as the bat boy for the San Francisco Giants. Hold up, didn't we have another story in Major League Baseball? Where a player was upset was it um, Tommy Tommy Fom, was it Tommy Fom Tommy, Tommy Fam Tommy Fam was it what wasn't he upset about a fantasy it was like Bryce Harper him and league? Bryce Harper were in the same fantasy football yeah league and then something, something like happened that. and somebody got like hit or I don't know what it was a slap or they something they were actually like talking trash like yeah yeah like about the league and they were being serious during a MLB baseball game yes he was suspended I think it was Bryce Harper yeah Fom got suspended for uh, like three games. Right? Over this issue. And I think Alex Bregman was in the league, too. Yeah, okay, so Cincinnati Reds outfielder Tommy uh, Pham was suspended by MLB for three games after he slapped the San Francisco Giants outfielder Jock Peterson because of a dispute over a fantasy football league. <laughs> Slap, like, bro, yeah, I love that. That, that is why I, I, it wasn't healthy for me. That's what it is not. You're not approaching the fantasy league with a healthy attitude, and that's Rod B. I was supposed to slapping people over <laughs> fantasy football, so I had to give it up. Oh, that's too I had much. to give it up, man. I don't want to be slapping my friends over that, but yeah, that's a great story. It was fam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Harsh just texted me, y'all. It was fam. Jock P. That's great. <laughs> he slapped him over a fantasy football dispute. So people take it seriously, man. Oh, take it seriously. Well, wow. you know. It's really just uh, competitive smack talk it's on the Texas line. Well, then of course, if you're if you're playing, then you can do side bets with the team because you play a team head to head each each week, right? In most yeah, leagues, yeah, like, you're right. Side a little, action, a little side action, a little side action going a little on. Side action, yeah. No, I'm glad that you guys got a real. That's a real league you in though. Yeah, y'all been doing it well, for how long? Guys, well, I was invited into the league. That they were doing it since they were in a fraternity together at UT. Oh, so that's old. Yeah. That's like that's like you going on decades. Then it's all a bunch of Fijis from UT back that's, in the eighties. Oh, that's decades. Back in the 80s. Yeah, it's oh, a bunch that's of my friends' dads that are in your league. That's exactly right. Michael Taff. Michael Taff. Oh, Taff. His Taff dad daddy, daddy. His Taff. In the league. <laughs> Taff, daddy, Taff daddy, daddy. daddy. I think Travis <laughs> Kelly too. Travis Kelly. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, okay, that's a high. That's a that's actually a pretty exclusive league, man. It is. Well, it's big time. We used to have our draft over at Austin Country Club. But now it is at held at uh, Shoal Creek Saloon. That's a big difference. Yes. Well, you know, a, you know, 
Country yeah. Club. Like, like the Lonely Bear says, the, the Shiva and the Sacco Trophy are awesome. Is that from the, the league? Did you used to watch the league, the fantasy? Yes, yes, The league yes. about, about the, the, the group of friends. That was who a are good in show. It. That was a decent show. And it got all the little references to fantasy I mean, it, football it, it, stuff. It's hard. Like, think about it, it. It's really hard to make a, a TV show surrounded by around a fantasy football league. There's only so much yeah, content right. you have and they did with. they did like how many four or five oh, seasons they did a yeah, long time yeah yeah you're right it was funny i remember watching it too that was actually a pretty funny show i want to say no i did peter tass team win it last year they might have won it he he does his research oh no he does Ex- i know he does yeah, they're, see? They're, 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 and that's the thing they're all pretty high achievers and they're all it, it's a tough league there are no jokes I mean, there's no one in there that you know drafts a kicker in the fifth round that doesn't happen <laughs> it doesn't happen it's you'll really get, you'll get laughed at well, and it's it's for good money i mean it's for good money yeah, and, uh, and so Even yeah. your wife is like you better take that league seriously we got like, we got a lot of money invested in that league all right well but my buddy and i always tell the wives if we win it we're going on a trip and we we haven't won it in a long time it's oh, been a bit, been a bit. Where's it. my trip <laughs> uh that's all right that's all right it's coming it's coming. All right. So I wanted to play. Like, Roger, do you, do you have any uh, place you want to go here? Because we've got a Rod's rant that we need to catch up on. And so behind the burnt orange curtain, we could probably. I got to want We can just go smorgasbord with Rod's rant whenever you want to throw it in there. We can right, do let's, it. let's do Rod's rant. Let's do it right I'm going to ask you a question, let's too, on that. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Bro, oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butt. So a couple of quick items of note uh, with Rod's Rant of the Day. Longhorn-related items. So you love this list because I've heard you talk about it a lot, E. The Bruce Feldman uh, all-freak list. Basically, all-freak team he makes uh, for college football's best freakish athletes. Yep. And he goes to talk to you know different uh um, this basically tra- athletic trainers and strength and conditioning coaches around the country to find out these individual measurements of players, and then he classifies them in his all freak list. Well, he put a Longhorn uh, on his all freak team. Uh, he put Byron Murphy on it. You guessed actually correctly early on in the show, only because I know he, the list and I kind of know the type of player that uh, okay. he ends up spotlighting. Uh, yeah, so it's usually a guy you're not thinking of on the team. Okay, well then that's ex- well, yeah. And Byron Murphy, yeah, I mean, I didn't, he's one of the best players. On he's the a good player. Team. I didn't think of him as a physical freak though. Uh, there are some other guys who probably could also be on that list, but uh, he made the list. And here's what he had to say about Byron Murphy in the write-ups: that the Longhorns have definitely gotten a lot better in the trenches on Steve Sarkeesian's watch, and the six-one, three hundred eight pounder is a good example of why. The junior, who had 26 tackles and three tackles for loss last year, has been clocked <clears throat> at 18 miles per hour on the GPS, as well as had a team-best 455-pound front squat and power clean 375 pounds. Uh, and he said he could have actually gone heavier, but the uh, director of football performance, Tory Becton, shut him down. I was like, no, nah, man, we're not adding more weight to it. This is <laughs> not maxing out here. We, we've seen enough. We know how powerful you are. So apparently the biggest freak right now on that Texas team is one Byron Murphy, who Sark also says is the best pass rusher on the team, along with Anthony Hill. So that goes hand in hand. The biggest freak athletically on the team is also the best pass rusher on the team. Well, that's why I say if, if Sark is – you know, when he, his glowing report so far of Alfred Collins and the camp he's having with consistency, because you know Byron Murphy's motor never stops. And Mm-mm. if you can tell me you're going to have a consistent Alfred Collins next to Byron Murphy, next to Baron Sorrells, and then you're going to kind of rotate in the, the other side, Justice Finkley and Ethan Burke and Colton Vosick and some other guys on the edge, maybe even Anthony Hill, mm-hmm. the freshman, 
That's a pretty good defensive line, Ron. That's a now, pretty good starting you, defensive line. I totally front. agree with you. Yeah, and, you, and you're talking about having some depth in running guys like Trill Carter. We haven't even talked in some of the younger guys. They hope steps up. So, I, you know, that, that actually made my day a little bit that Byron Murphy was on that list. Looks like he may be the guy trending this year for a breakout season, actually. Uh, who is, uh, who's number one on that list? Do you want to reveal that? Uh, I, yeah, I did not. I'm, I'm not. Because I don't have access to it. I got it. Shout out. I got it from uh, Inside Texas because they had a write-up about it. Okay. So, shout out to Inside I'll Texas. I'll look at the freak list. Yeah, I'll, I know I'll you keep up with you. it. I'll get that for you. Um, so, I don't know who they have. The and I love The Athletic. If it, I don't subscribe to a ton of uh, sports sites, but uh, that's they one do of the job. ones I have to have. I um, mean, you said last year, uh, Cowboys Ozzie Smith was really high on that list. He was number one. He was number numero uno. Yeah, because he does like top fifty. Yeah, because he's, he's they have to change the weight. They, I, I read they changed some of the weight room, like <laughs> some of the equipment. They had to like modify for it Smith for him because it couldn't hold enough weight for him to go in there lifting routinely. So we had to modify some of the equipment so it could hold more weight so that Mozzie could work out. That's how powerful he is, and that's Michigan. It's not like some Rudy Poot University where, uh, well, we just were behind the times. We just couldn't afford to have, you know, the top-notch equipment. No, it's in Michigan. They well, got all the best stuff. You know, and, and Mozzie Smith was just such a powerhouse. And quick, it was, a, it was an agility and power-strength combination that yeah. made him number one. And that's why, like, Feldman, who's a great college football writer, he's done this for like 20 years. And, yeah. and he gets a lot of his information from the strength and conditioning coaching staff mm-hmm. that he's gotten friendly with. Yeah. And they say, and he said, it's not about who's the best player. Who's the freakiest dude? Yep. Uh, which sometimes translates to being the best player. But sometimes you're trying to find the freaky dude who's also a good player, and then you go, like, oh, man. Like number, that- like number two on his list, I just found it, is Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State. Not shocked. And That's he, a freak. How about this? Uh, here's why he's a freak. He's 6'4", 208. Mm. And Brian Hartline would tell you, and it's funny because you, you played that Mike Tomlin sound, and it sounded like Howard Griff- Griffith to me. It was Howard Griffith in an interview we had with him where Howard said, he, Brian Hartline told told him when they did their tour of Big Ten schools why Marvin Harrison's so tough to guard is he has a very hot, long torso and his legs are short. He's six uh. four, but a lot of it, you know, he's a shorter legged guy, which at six four though with long arms. And he said he is as quick as Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, mm-hmm. like in and out of breaks. Yep. You know, play you play corner rod. If you got mm-hmm. a big long guy, typically the long strides. You know, it take a while to get in and out of breaks to decelerate, accelerate. They take longer. You are saying he doesn't? But Marvin Harrison because his he, legs are like a short guy's legs. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and then his torso up to his shoulders is real long. Yeah, so he can make those 50-50 catches and go up and out yeah. rebound you. But also he can get in and out of breaks well, real quick. And here's why some in the NFL in the uh, personnel evaluation wow. realm are comparing him and saying he's the best receiver since Calvin Johnson. Since Megatron. Nice. Well, think about this. He's number two on the freak list. Bench press is 380, 20 reps of 225 on the bench. He's 6'4 and 208, broad jump of 10'8, and a 394 in the short shuttle. <laughs> so super quick and tall and, and explosive. And here it is max <laughs> velocity running 23 and a half miles per hour last year. Whoa. Hey, <laughs> Arch Manning got something to say about that. <laughs> well, can I tell you number one? 23 miles per hour. Can I give you the number one on the list? Oh, yeah, this guy, I actually, I saw a video of this guy actually when he was coming out of high school um, because a lot of Longhorn fans went to Texas to try to pick him up. Okay, so I know so this player you're talking about. I have never heard this story, but yeah. according to Bruce Feldman mm-hmm. at TheAthletic.com, his number one, and it's not top 50, it's top 100, top 100, top 100 freaks in college football for this year. He says it's Nicole, Nichols, Nicholas yeah. Harbor. You think he's Nicholas? Is it Nicholas? It might be a freaky. It's it might be a freaky way to spell Nicholas. Nicholas Harbor. Yeah, I think sometimes spelled, it's like a freaky way to spell it. N Y C K O L E S. Yeah. 
like Nicholas. And it could be Nicola. Nicholas. It could be something like that. But Nicholas yeah. Harbor, freshman wide receiver at South Carolina University. He says, in two decades of doing this, I don't think I've ever had a true freshman number one, but this player is different. 6'5", 243 pounds. Oh, yeah. Go watch the videos, man. Insanely fast. Yes. He's 6'5", 240. <laughs> Harbor put up eye-catching track times in high school, clocking 10 2 2 of the 100 meters. Yeah. 6'6", in the 60. 26.3 in the 200. Mm-hmm. Hit 22.9, almost 23 miles an hour on the GPS. Yeah, I know it, it's he is a certified freak. And he, they, <laughs> they, they have him on the track field, and he's like a foot taller than everybody else running. <laughs> he's 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. And, and who did he commit to? South Carolina. South Carolina, right? Yeah, South Carolina. Man, yeah. Also is is the, he playing? Actually, where is he going to play there? Because he's big enough where he can play a like, tight end, a DN. And he's fast enough. He can play wide receiver. What is he playing? That they say what is he actually going to play? Coach has loved what he's seen from Harbor so far. Great kid. Speed is as advertised. He's a Washington, D.C. native. He said uh, they're not sure yet. <laughs> they yeah, because I think it, you, why would you pigeonhole him, man? He could play. Well, he's like Jatavion Sanders coming out of Denton Ryan. That's exactly right. He, he, he had 30 yards per catch, but then he had 17 sacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine that dude coming off the edge. Yeah. Like, I mean, he probably wants to play offense. So, most of the kids, they want to play offense. JT Sanders wanted to play offense. Sark let him play. Hell, Trevon Diggs cried when Alabama coach Nick Saban moved into to defense because he wanted to play offense and now he's an all pro. So, chances are this kid's going to play on offense first because that's where all the kids want to play. They want to play on offense. Number first. three on the list is also he's going to be oh, in the Big 12 this year. Yeah, the can, BYU offensive lineman Kingsley. Suamataya. Suamataya. Freak. Yeah. That's... Six eight three oh two. Four nine eight verse. Eight. Six eight. Keep it on him. Texas Man. plays BYU in Austin this season. He's actually pretty skinny for a six eight. Was he three? You say three oh two? He's actually pretty light for six eight. That's kind of light. So those are guys who are like six foot. <laughs> They're three oh two. Man, I heard six eight. I don't think Jonathan. One Jonathan Ogden around that size. Well, we, one of the biggest human beings I ever seen on a football field was seeing Jonathan Ogden he, on a football. He and field. Leonard Davis. Yeah, well, I mean, Jonathan. I think Jonathan Ogden was like six, six seven. Six, 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 yeah, he was like six, six eight six nine. He was some crazy. Yeah, Jonathan Ogden was like six nine. He, and a lo- half. he made Lyman look small. Yeah, and then he was in his full pads with the helmet. God, no, I saw him like on the field, and I swear I was staring at. Him. I stared at him well, for like three minutes. Yeah, and I was like, I cannot. I've never seen a human being on a professional football field make other human beings on an offensive line in the NFL look small. Like that's what Jonathan Ogden would do when you would actually get a chance to. Yeah, the other watch offensive linemen would look like Deuce Vaughn. They did. They look small. <laughs> the other guy's like six three, and he's like, oh no, he, it, that guy looks smallish. Compared to Jonathan Ogden. Six, six nine, three forty-five. Bro, I've never seen a human being look that big on a football field. Kingsley Suamatea is and then that's maybe why Jay, why why uh Kelvin Banks wasn't first team unanimous uh, all Big Twelve. Oh, uh, it could be. That's because last year at BYU, Su Sua Matea hit twenty one and a half miles per hour running. Oh, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 what? Hold up, what? He had 300 pounds? At 200, had 21.8 miles per hour at 318 pounds as a freshman. <laughs> oh. oh. I am kind of speechless about it. That's That's unbelievable. He And he didn't allow a sack last season. No sacks. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that's the guy they put <laughs> uh, on the team with Kevin Banks. i got to go look at that team again. That is unbelievable. He runs 21 miles per hour at as 300 pounds. As a freshman pounds. now. And, now he's an older player. And I will say this. put on weight. He's put on a little weight, but still – and I've said this before about the NFL Combine. 
the the show at the NFL Combine, the show of freakish athleticism, is not the DBs and wide receivers running forties. It's, it's the linemen. It's the D linemen, O linemen running. Because when you see somebody who's 300, 315 pounds running a full eight, it's way more impressive. A full nine or something like that. That's way more impressive than a guy who's one hundred eighty pounds running a full three. It yeah. is. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> By the way, Byron Murphy, number eighteen on the list of one hundred. And he said he runs eighteen miles per hour. Yeah. So the other guy would smoke him. The 300 <laughs> 6'8 Suomatai would smoke Byron Murphy in a so, race. So keep an eye on the Baylor player. There's also, a, you know, how about this one? Texas, That's Texas. Tech defensive back Tyler Owens. That's former Longhorn. Former Longhorn. He is a freak. Plano, down. Texas, 6'2, 205, 23 miles per hour in a game. Yeah, he was. There are a lot of Longhorn fans Texas that, Bowl. that thought he would, you know, t- be the starting safety at Texas at one point. He definitely had the well, physical the body traits. And the speed. Yeah, he's got the raw materials. Texas Tech edge rusher Miles Cole is on the list as well. Six six two seventy one. So Texas Tech has more people than Texas so far. Two of the top the thirty five. Well, Texas only had one. Yeah, yeah. Texas only had one on the list. Um, that was Byron Murphy, the sure. freak. Uh, Baylor wide receiver Monterey Baldwin or Monterey Monterey Baldwin is on this list as I'm running through it. But, yeah, mm. Texas Tech with two. And the kid that is number two is their defensive end to replace Tyree, Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson, who definitely probably would have been on the list last year. Well, look, uh, Joey McGuire believes he's got the best defensive line in the, in the Big 12. He also says he's got the best quarterback in the Big 12. And, and he might be right. I don't and know. And they're unranked. He says their D-line is better now without Tyree Wilson than it was last season. Because they got the, they got the defensive tackles. They, they have the best defensive tackle DP. tandem probably in the Big 12. Joey McGuire says a lot of stuff, though. He yeah. does. He says a lot. I, I, I don't know if I trust but, him. But I will say that he backed a lot of it up yes, last year because he beat Texas, beat Oklahoma. No first-year coach had ever done that, right? Won the ball game. A won the won ball the game. Won the ball game. Joe me the money. And remember, Joey McGuire beat Texas miraculously. I say miraculously because of all the fourth downs. Six of eight, converted. though, on fourth down. He, ri- he riverboat gambler, but yes, he did he that did. all year. And they were four and five at one point. And then got hot and started, you know, once they got their quarterback, Tyler Shuck, healthy. They took off and beat Oklahoma, beat Ole Miss in the bowl game, and they, they finished strong. And Even a broken clock's right twice, twice a well, day. Well, I think the biggest question at Texas Tech, who Ty has a grudge, Ty's, Ty's Petty King. He does not like Tech. He spent six, about three months there one time. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so it's personal. It was like three three minutes underwater. Um, but, it was less than that. Amount of time. But, but the, um, the Red Raiders, he's not a fan. But the question is, because, because one of the things you'll say positive about Texas Tech is that their whole offensive line comes back, and some Tech fans would tell you, oh, yeah, okay. our whole offensive line comes back, those dudes? Well, they, they got to they gotta be better than they were last year if you, you didn't know, like well, them. Well, that would be the question. Yeah. If they've improved, that's then true. that's a good thing. If they haven't, then, then you got oh, some issues. I those did, guys. And we talked. And they, they, they gave of, up a bunch of sacks last year. Don't they have a lot of super seniors, too? They have, they have got, 23. Like, yeah. That's a, that's a good number. That's TCU-ish. TCU-esque mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. Texas Tech has Jalen Hutchins, their defensive tackles, on the list, too, at number 63 of uh, the Freaks, according to Bruce Feldman. So Texas Tech has three, three members of the top 100 Freak list for Bruce Feldman. That would back up why they're such a popular dark horse pick. Like, they're a really popular pick for a dark horse. Shad Banks, team. TCU linebackers on this list. Mm. Uh, and again, a lot of it comes from the and SID. It has, and, and it has the, nothing to do with your football talent mostly. This is about freakish athleticism. Yeah, what you're doing in the weight room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weight room and yeah, and, and the workouts, that kind of stuff. Size, speed, combos, those yep. kind of things. And uh, you can go look at that list. It's at theathletic.com. But yes, you know, but I know Jalen Hutchins 
pretty damn good football player. He's a as good. Oh, as yeah. He and Byron Murphy are probably the best two defensive tackles in the league in the Big Twelve to start this season. So, all right, we'll come back. There's Rod's rant of the day. We'll go. We'll get some more behind the burn orange curtain. I want to play a little game with Rod and Ty on all of these Longhorns making college football award watch lists. We'll have some mm-hmm. fun with that coming up. Nice. Also, before the end of the hour, what's popping? What's popping? It's in the uh, fifth quarter, final hour here on Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's all sports leader, the Horn. Here we go. It says Texas State, y'all. Nash Jones is on that freaks list. O lineman following G.J. Kinney from Incarnate Word. Don't sleep on the Bobcats. Oh, yeah. DJ Kenny in this first year. Yeah, he's changed that whole roster. Yeah, guys he's like 50 in. guys transferring yeah. <laughs> in. Uh-oh, looks like we have uh, preseason All-America teams out, including three Longhorns on the second team. Is that right? Is that right? That is a uh, Who's uh, Whose All-American team is it? Um, I'm going to guess AP following okay. up their AP Top 25 poll, which is okay. out this week. We'll dive into that coming up. We talked about... Uh, the Tuies disputing Michael Orr's claims. We've talked about the Rangers, 16-2 and two in their last 18 ball games. Astros having any hell of a time making up any ground because uh, the Rangers just won't lose Corey Seager. Can I say this about, you know, it kind of relates to Shohei Otani, Rod? Mm-hmm. Consider this, that this, I mean, everything you do when you see, and I got to see Shohei Otani live on Saturday night with That's the amazing. Astros and Angels. It's awesome. And he hit a ball. I never saw, if somebody was watching the Astros game on Saturday night, and, and I was not, I was there, what was the exit velocity of Shohei Otani's double that he hit off the right center field wall? Because it was, from the stands, it was a rocket. It never got 25 feet above the, the ground. And <laughs> it would have put a, almost put a hole in the wall <laughs> in right field. It was like, oh my gosh. I never saw a bat speed off that one. But, Corey Seager is having an MVP season for the Rangers. He's batting 350. It's unbelievable. And think about this. He he could actually win the MVP award if he were having a pitching season like Framber Valdez at the same time. If you take Fram- like, like yeah, exactly. Is all, is all you need? Look at the stats for Framber <laughs> and then if he if he were doing that while hitting like Oh, he's like he's, hitting Seager, better, like, he's he's hitting better than Shohei. Like his SC oh, slash line right. is better than Shohei right now. It is. It is because he's batting 350. He's batting 350. Yeah. Slash line better than but Shohei. But if you added to that that he was pitching like, let's say, Framber Valdez, take a really good pitcher in Major League Baseball who pitches for the Astros. Combine those two, that's Shohei. But doesn't diminish the year Corey Seager is having. And I would also say the hero of last night's Astros game was Kyle Tucker. And he's having a great season. Doesn't have the three, season. He doesn't have the 350 batting average, but the clutch hits he's hitting. Remember that big grand slam he hit in Baltimore mm-hmm. last week? And. Uh, I saw him hit a big three-run homer against uh, the the Angels on Saturday night. And last night, in a 5-5 game, he hit a seventh-inning rocket that ended up being the game-winning home run, 6-5. to five. Kyle Tucker is having a heck of a year, but we all know that's Shohei's award oh, yes, at no this doubt. point. But Corey Seager, his Major League Baseball ranks batting average second, yep. OBP third, slugging percentage first, OPS first. <laughs> Unbelievable. He really is. It's It's crazy. He's on pace. 154 game pace for 44 home runs and 146 RBIs. Just been a beast. And he, I mean, in terms of his his season, he may be on pace to have one of the greatest offensive seasons for a shortstop since integration, basically. Because his OPS is higher than basically any shortstop since integration with at least 400 plate appearances. And it's amazing because he has missed some time with injuries this year, and he's still putting up those kind of numbers. 
and it's it's a pretty you know the two big signings they had two off seasons ago were Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon at the Keystone right it's, it's second and shortstop and when Corey Seager was hurt it was Marcus Simeon who was kind of carrying that team or igniting that offense so often and now together you know and as I said the the trades they made at the deadline to solidify the starting rotation and Alt rolled as Chapman eight eight last eighteen games are sixteen and two. They're 16-2 and two and the hottest team in the American League right now. Uh, so they'll play the Angels again tonight. And uh, we'll, we'll get that out in what's popping because Astros and Rangers are both in action tonight. And uh, we'll get the, the what's popping conversations. Also, the battle for the skillet is not popping. We'll get you details on that coming up before the, <laughs> the top of the hour. The skillet. The skillet. The battle for the old skillet. Is it an actual skillet they get to take with them? Is it I think they the SMU do. SMU-TCU? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll just go ahead actual and give it to skillet. you. Nice. The reports are mm-hmm. the TCU-SMU series are over, over, oh. over after 25. Yeah, TCU's scared. TCU is scared. SMU beats them like almost every other year at least. Uh, I don't know if they're scared. That's good. You can describe it as that, and you could be right about that. You pay attention to the rivalry more than me. But I do believe for TCU, they are starting to think to themselves, it's we have more to lose than to gain in that rivalry. And, that- we, and we start to, you start to think that. You know, that's when the rivalry starts to deteriorate. It happened for the Longhorns. The Longhorns had more to lose than to gain the Texas Texas and rivalry because the, if you if you beat the Aggies, you didn't gain anything. Everybody thought you were supposed to beat them, and like Chris Rock said, you don't get credit for things you're supposed to do. But if the Aggies would win, then they would lose market share, and then the Aggies would basically claim they're the best football program in the state, and there are way more consequences, or I would say more dire consequences for losing rather than the benefits of winning. So it's like, why are we playing this rivalry? Yeah. It doesn't benefit us that often. Well, and especially <laughs> as the Big 12 expands now, yeah. even with Texas and OU leaving. Yeah. And the Aggies add... were never ranked at the time. And SMU, are they ranked when TCU plays them? No. Probably not. Well, and my friend Mike Craven, co-host on the Eyes on Texas Multicast, had an intriguing tweet this morning when this news first came out. Mike said, only way pausing the skillet rivalry makes sense is if TCU is trying to find a permanent spot for Texas on their out-of-conference would... scheduling Model. Okay, I can see that. CDC. Why would Texas do that? I know. Exactly. Remember CDC. More to lose than to gain. Why would you do it? <laughs> That's so stupid. Why would you do that? Who does Craven, TCU think they are? Craven says CDC, remember, was at TCU before Texas. That's true. Longhorns want to continue to have that strong imprint in the DFW. Now, they would play Texas and Oklahoma at the State Fair every year, so that's still there. Still got that. And you can always rotate. I think CDC has hinted that there may... He's probably close to doing Tech, a rotation yeah, of guys, of t- Texas teams every year or so you like that. You know who won't be in that rotation, Baylor? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Uh, but I think Baylor, no. U of H, no. Yeah, the U of H, did, yeah, probably would you would, would Texas fans be good with that if it kind of bounced between TCU Tech. and Tech? No. Well, I don't, like, why do we have to play those teams? I think he wants to have a Texas. Like, he wants to have a footprint in the States. I'll play UTSA every year. Well, and that's that's dangerous too. As long as Jeff Trailer's there, right? If he, Jeff Trailer's well, not there, I mean, I'll play him every year. <laughs> not if he's there. Obviously, you play it every UTSA, Rice, and Texas State. You play one of those three teams every year. Well, we'll see. We'll see. There's a, that that, that news has come down, but that will start. They they're they're scheduled to play TCU and SMU through 2025, so they still have three more years of scheduling, and then it's over, according to a report. Yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot of people are upset about those rivalries ending, but I think you know what's replacing him may be just as good in the future. Just because we're getting more big games, and I think that's what TCU's thinking about. Big games. TCU, SU is not big enough. It just, is, it just isn't. Well, and, and that could be Brett Yormark saying, look, when Texas and Oklahoma leave, TCU need to be one of our flagship brands. Yes, great point. We need great you to be in a flagship. Yep. You're the Metroplex. Houston, you need to grow. Because that's really a commissioner's job is to bring leadership. But then you got to grow new rivalries and grow new brands, and, and, and mm-hmm. you're, you can never replace Texas and Oklahoma. They're 80% of your market share. 
but you, you still have to look long term and grow your biggest markets and the brands that are in those markets, and that would right now be TCU and Houston. I love that. I see that's a great take. And Colorado. That's a, that's a great take. It's like, yeah, you guys can't be thinking locally anymore. We need you guys to start thinking national about your brand. But yeah. TCU is such a small brand. Well, that needs to get bigger. Small school. That's kind of what he's saying. He's but you just can't, like, like, that's not a school like A&M where you can just open up the floodgates of emissions and let people in because no, not everybody can pay $65,000 Well, I mean, all, all I would say to that is that, that yeah, Miami's a small school. Notre Dame's not a very large school. Yeah, they, You that, can be a big brand without being a big school. Exactly. Because they always say athletics is the gateway to the university. Yeah. And TCU's athletics is a pretty you know, a successful profile of athletics, but you're right in terms of the school and you know the, the the student population, that kind of stuff. It could just be small, but in terms of the branding, they believe they can. They just, they just played the national title game. Well, I mean, you know I mean? right, and it, so, so so don't look at enrollment. I mean, Stanford's only fifteen thousand students. It's not a huge school, but it's a great athletic department. Now mm-hmm. they're they're on the outside looking in, but yeah. I'm just saying you've got to grow the brand, and and it, I'm not saying by no means somebody's going to text me and say e, you just compared TCU to Notre Dame. I didn't. But that's how you have to think. Well, Miami to, was like that. You have for to a while. grow the programs. Yeah, yeah you, I mean, you just have to think. Okay, private school, you know, you know, Christian university like mm-hmm. Notre Dame's Catholic, and you, but you got to grow it. I mean, you, you can't. You got to make lemon out of lemonade. You don't have. Texas and Oklahoma. You don't anymore. have your blue bloods anymore. You so don't. If you don't have blue bloods. You got to make new bloods. Yeah. <laughs> Can we uh, dive in and go behind that BOC one more time? Because I got a Let's fun game to play with you and uh, Ty. And they were all asking themselves the same question: What is behind that curtain? Oh man! Great oh, job man. with the remix. Seventeen time. days. Seventeen yep, days. Here we go. Tomorrow it'll be Arch Manning days. <laughs> Sixteen. Twenty MPHs. All right, so Rod, can I can I have some fun with this? Let's do it. Because I wanted you and Ty's input on this. So so far, by my count, I, I you know preseason award watch lists don't mean much because they're like thirty people on a watch list or forty people on a watch list. And this is the players we're watching and the awards all put it out there. But we can have some fun with it. So Quinn Yours, the Texas quarterback, is on the watch list for the Manning, Maxwell, and Davey O'Brien by my count. Okay. X-Man Worthy is on the preseason Bolitnikoff Award for mm-hmm. wide receiver. JT Sanders is on the preseason watches for the Mackey Award, which goes to the top tight end in the country, and now the Lombardi Award. That came out, which I didn't mm-hmm. know tight ends could be on the Lombardi, but apparently if you, play, if you play in line, yeah. you can be a Lombardi because Jalen Ford's up for the Lombardi and the Butkus. Yeah, because there are some, some tight ends in on the Bolitnikoff Award watches. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, and, and yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know how they could, but again, mm-hmm. that's their award. They give it out. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, the man, the Manning Award, which Quinn Yours is on the watch list for, is the only award that takes bowl game performance into account. They don't give theirs out until the bowl oh, game. Oh, I didn't know that. Because no. it's, it's it's driven by the All-State Sugar Bowl. Okay. They give out the Manning Award, and they wait till all the bowl games are played, and then they announce the winner. Okay. Uh, so X-Man, Jatavion Sanders, Kelvin Banks up for the Lombardi Award. So he's on that list. He should be. And Jalen Ford is up for the Butkus, Bednarik, and Lombardi. Can we put these in order of... Most likely to be a finalist or win those awards in oh, your I mind. Oh, I like this. Most likely. Okay, well, then that's, to me, is easy. Easier. I'll go X-Men should be a finalist for the Bolitnikoff. X-Men won. Right? I think that's he's a guy that had a regression last year but had one of the best seasons in history of Texas football as a freshman wide receiver. The assumption is now with more weapons, quarterback in the system longer, better O-line, with all the returning starters on the O-line, the passing game is going to take a leap All right, in development, and I think X-Man will be the 
the focal point of that. He'll be the featured wide receiver in that passing game. And we know Sark loves to force feed the football to X-Man, whether you're double teaming him or not. He's going to get the ball. So I'll go X-Man with the Belitnikoff. And honestly, I think second for me, it's probably going to be JT Sanders and that Mackey that Mackey Award, man. Because right now behind Brock Bowers, because Brock Bowers is dead. Brock Bowers is on the Belitnikoff Award. Watch this if I'm not mistaken. And so Brock Bowers is going to be there. But behind Brock Bowers, guys, I'll give you a little stat real quick. Um, the 613 receiving yards that JT Sanders had last year trailed only Bowers, Brock Bowers, among returning Power 5 tight ends. And his 32 combined first downs and touchdowns in 2022 trailed only Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, and Brock Bowers. And only one of those guys is returning. Two of those guys are in the league. So he's he's right now considered the second best tight end in college football. I'll have him in the Mackey Award finalist. Well, I think just like you said with X-Man, I think he's going to be a focal point of the offense too. Yep, no doubt. Um, I think he's going to be a big part of it because, as you've said, the numbers game of the mathematical equation of defense. If you're doubling X man, Sanders is getting single team. So is Isaiah Nair. Uh, if you're going to mm-hmm. roll the double to JT Sanders or load the box with the run, well, and as the NFL knows, with a guy like Travis Kelsey and and now Brock Bowers at Georgia, it's hard to cover a tight end in the in line. We, 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 you, you've told me this many times. It's hard to who who you take who's taking them linebacker. Safety schematically, they you know you you don't want to violate the structural integrity of your defense by putting your cornerback in there to cover one of their best receivers, which is tight end. But that's the only way you really can do it without being at a matchup disadvantage. So in order, X man most likely tight end J T Sanders for the for the Mackey mm-hmm. is Jalen Ford third to maybe win the Butkus Award Ooh. or be a finalist for the Butkus. Be a finalist for the Butkus. Yeah, I think that's probably more likely than Kelvin Banks being a finest because he's getting disrespected even in the preseason, <laughs> right? He, he didn't. He wasn't a unanimous pick for the All Big Twelve preseason uh, selection. And I just gave you the list of the top one hundred players in college football ranked by ESPN, and they didn't have Kelvin Banks among the top one hundred players. Damn. Uh, which is, yeah, I'm with you. That, that's a straight-up disrespect. Uh, so I'm going to say that the disrespect continues for Kelvin Banks. He can prove himself. And that Jalen Ford, I think you're right, E. I think he has a better chance because he's on multiple lists to be a finalist on one of those lists. If he has anything close to the season he had last year, oh, he's going to be a finalist on one of them lists, no doubt. All right, so X-Man, Sanders, Ford. and Yeah, exactly. And the, the Butkus Award, they're, they're watching him, right? If he has a disruptive mm-hmm. season like that with all those turnovers forced and the impact plays he made, and then then so it's probably Quinn Yours and then Banks because Quinn Yours, if the offense is as good and it blows up, he's going to be up for he will be up for the, those the Mannings yeah. and the the O'Briens, maybe not Heisman or Maxwell, but he is on the Maxwell watch list. Yeah, no, you're right. We're saying X Men and JT are going to be finalists, and yeah. if they are indeed finalists for those awards, then no doubt Quinn Ewers' stats are going to reflect how productive they were. So you're right about that, and you know what. Maybe we probably should put Quinn Ewers as a finalist on one of those. I don't know which one. Meanwhile, in Vegas, they're betting on how soon Arch Manning takes his job. Yes, there are multiple Vegas odds now about when Arch Manning will start. What week will he start? And they go through weeks. One through three. Yeah, they go one through three. Here's the the list. And I I got it from uh, Bookmakers Review, but Bet Online, my bookie, they got one up there too. Uh, So here it is. Games one through three plus 200. This is when Arch Manning will start. Games four through six plus 350. Games. 7 through 10 plus 300, games 11 through 12 plus 350, and does not start is plus 250. So there you go. There you go. Um, says, how would Xavier be 33 if Quinn is in the top 100? Well, Quinn hasn't played on the field and performed to a top 100 ranking yet. Not yet. It's just the upside. His, you know, the, what he projects. You're counting the first quarter of the Alabama game. 
But, and that Oklahoma game. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and, but X-Man has. X-Man has put up a, a record-setting freshman year with injury last year. It dropped off a little bit, but the expectation is is healthy with a better quarterback. Like I mean, Quinn Ewers can play himself into that, but he's got to play himself into it. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Ford has played himself into it with the performance he put on the field last year. That's where your argument is. For Kelvin Banks to be in the top 100, he played himself into that award I last thought year. Thought so after playing four <laughs> first-round draft picks and not allowing a sack. Yeah, <laughs> including uh, two top ten, two top ten picks, number three and number seven. So maybe they want him to prove it a little bit more. I think he's he's I think he's ready. I think for that. that's the argument. And Jatavion Sanders, I think both belong on that top 100. Uh, uh, Quinn, not yet, Quite not yet, because yeah, the the margin between him having a great year and being up for a Davy O'Brien Award or yeah, for being, best quarterback in the country being replaced. We're, we're still having that conversation yeah, <laughs> because we haven't point. seen it on a consistent level yet. And let's also always have to add the fact that the last time Quinn Ewers played an entire football season injury-free was his sophomore, sophomore year, year of high school. Yeah, we keep forgetting that. He had an injury as a junior, yeah. then, but came back for the playoffs, uh, did the whole Sam Elgar thing, came back to lead a playoff run. Got beat by Westlake. Then got beat by Westlake. <laughs> and Kate Klubnick, right? Nice. Uh, yeah, that was Cade that, that was a Cade year. Oh, yes, when he ran Michael, that, that long run on the sideline. Michael Taft had two interceptions against him. Hey, no. Oh, that's right. The Taft, other, daddy. The other number 16. <laughs> He's like, I recruited Arch, too, just so you know. And then well, he should get a bouquet of roses or a scholarship or something. Oh, he got a scholarship he, right got, yeah. he got it. But then, you know, his senior year, he skipped. Mm-hmm. And last year, he got hurt. So he got all the way back to when he's 15, 16 years old, last time he played a full season healthy. So is that a re- more reason to be optimistic that if he does get through an entire season, that his developmental Number. rate will be accelerated? Because yes. he, you know, now plays it, you know, every game and he's getting those mental reps. So hopefully he plays every game and now we saw it and well, we see an expedited development. And my, my argument to that would be that anybody saying he should be in the top 100. He hasn't played to that yet. No. He hasn't shown that. Kelvin Banks has. Jatavion Sanders has. Agreed. They put it on the grass. I need to see Quinn Ewers do it over a 10 or 12 game season and uh, put up those numbers, and then you start talking about them that way. We'll come back. Uh, what's popping? What's popping? What's popping? Coming back. <laughs> what's popping? Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight stocking. Just joshing. I'm spending this What's popping, Rod Babers? What's popping? I know this Sunday's what's final pop? for the Women's World Cup will be, a, will be uh, England and Spain. That's popping. England and Spain. Mm hmm. Because uh, England beat Australia, the home country, host country, this morning. Ty's going to be betting on that. Ty, who you putting your money on? England. There you go. See? Boom. You already made money this morning before 7 a.m. because you had the uh, – which one do you had? I had England. You had England. Okay. Oh, I man. put down a, a sizable wager, too. I was, nice. I was a little worried. Did, did you do research on this, or were you going with a gut? No, I, I woke up and – with a gut? And I clicked Safari, and the first thing that was open was my – was my website for placing bets, and I was like, you know what? It's, it's you right thought there. the guy, you thought the betting gods were speaking to you then? Yeah, and it worked out. <laughs> hey, hey, maybe they as were it, as it does you. sometimes. Yeah, hey, yeah, it's, that's my, why you got to go with your instincts sometimes, man. Your instincts told you. My gambling pick of the night last night though did not work out. Oh, uh, what well, would we go with? Darn it! It was the Kansas City Royals under and. It went over by about seven or eight runs, I think. Oh, but it's okay. Yeah. Those are, those are hard to pick, especially you know in baseball when, especially in the first inning when two or three runs are scored, and it's like, yeah, might not might not make it out of this one alive. <laughs> all right, well, can't win them all. So it says no one cares after the U.S. loss. It's still global soccer, and Ty's making money. So let him have his fun. <laughs> let him have his fun. By the way, I did watch the uh, they they were replaying the semifinal quarterfinal match between. France and Australia. That was thrilling. I mean, they went to like double shootout. Like when they're like, if you like action 
and you don't and you haven't really watched much soccer, maybe you've only watched men's women's soccer. It's a little bit it's a little bit crazy. They throw their bodies around a little bit more without mm. caution. And I'll, you know? I'll say that for France, they had a, they had a lady, uh, one of their soccer players, Rod, not popping. She had a chance because they went to sudden death penalty kicks, right? Okay. One to one. They they both made all five. And so now it was penalty kick, sudden death shootout. And this poor girl for France, or lady for France, she faked out the goalie. It was a wide open net and she shanked it. Oh. To win. Nobody there? Nobody defending her? Just by herself? Yeah. Except the goalie? That's it? The the goalie jumped the other way. And it was wide open and all she had to do, and she shanked it outside the. Oh! Mmm. Doesn't uh, doesn't get much worse than Megan Rapinoe in this World Cup though. Oh yeah, she, she was bad. They shouldn't have been playing her like that. She was basically you can't just play somebody because they're well known. That's basically what it was. She was the mascot for the women's team this year. They basically she was the her crusader for the equal pay. The whole yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, she, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think she, I think it was a like Ty said. It was about more than just a play on the field and what she was representing, which was which is amazing what she represents. But in terms of her contributions on she, the pitch, she looks like if I was out there playing. She, she looked like she was I'm, too old to be out there. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she, she was missing. The, she was straight up whiffing on kids. Well, and now no, we know, my wife was pissed. Like, I, she was upset. I, I, know, <laughs> I know we know why the, uh, the the former players were so upset when they celebrated that nil nil draw that they mm-hmm. had, and they're like, "You guys are playing like ass." And y'all Can we stop celebrating. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's a mor- that's a moral victory though. Just so you know, really, no, we don't do moral. <laughs> we don't do moral victories. Not for that group. Hey, uh, what's popping for you tonight, Rod? Uh, what's popping? I'll probably honestly start doing, uh, watching some film, man, and doing some research on Texas football. It's nice. about good time for me. I'm starting watching. So I've been going back, watching situationally and tracking situationally different things for Texas. I've been watching the first 20 plays of every game. Went back and watched that. So I have some notes about that. Going back to watch all the sacks for Texas. I'll have some notes about that. So I'm just going back and watching situational things, see if I can find patterns, trends, stuff like that. Such a junkie. Yeah. Oh, man, uh, also, you got HBO Hard Knocks. You need to watch episode two. I will do two. that tonight. I will do Quentin that tonight. Williams, the big defensive tackle, one of the stars of this episode two, and of course Aaron Rodgers continues to be a featured attraction. And you'll see, you'll love the, 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 the you know they always have the uh, the offbeat stuff. At the start of it, Robert Sala brought in this mentalist. Oh yes, I did mentalist. see clips from it. Did he do a prediction? Basically, it's, like it's, it'll blow your mind. No, really, it'll it was, blow your mind. Okay, everybody, yeah. everybody should watch that. It's it's unbelievable. It's one of those where you're like, come on, man. Is a mental basically a, a, a mental he says magician? He's reading your mind. He's like, yeah, he's like, okay, okay, there you he's go. Like, I'm able to get into your thoughts. He says, and it, it he does like three different little bits, and you're and, like, oh yeah, yeah he's, and he had players up there like, and he was reading their thoughts to the room. Oh yeah, wow. He included Aaron Rodgers with the last one, so oh, no spoiler alerts, but you got to see great. it. Uh, I'll be watching. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch Johnny Manziel documentary tonight. I am. Good I'm, for you. I'm gonna watch that. It's as, an easy watch. It's like an hour and twenty minutes. It's easy. Yeah, that's the thing. And as I said earlier, I wanted to get to the end of Peaky Blinders. I, I was. I just needed to get to the finish line. Six six seasons, six episodes a season. I had to get to it, and I saw the end last night. It was really good. I like the way they ended it, and he, you know, he's at peace and all that kind of stuff. And you but, know what, uh, people, that I guarantee that Peaky Blinders show the 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 viewing streaming numbers for it will go up after Oppenheimer because people are going to start looking more for Killian Murphy stuff. Yeah, like you, and I might actually go check it out too. A little Killian bit. Murphy, uh, he's a good <laughs> Irishman, but he plays a a guy in the UK there in Peaky Blinders. Hey, uh, a gypsy. He's a gypsy. He's a gypsy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Of gypsy descent. Okay, there you go. And I'll be watching the Astros and the Go Rangers. Shows. Rangers trying to sweep the Angels. They're going to put a 2-9 and nine pitcher on the mound tonight. Reed Detmers, that should be a win. John Gray will pitch. Of course, that's supposed to be Shohei Otani, but they're resting Shohei at this point. His he arm needs fatigue. the rest. 
<laughs> why, why is he tired? What's wrong with him? <laughs> right. the, the hardest working man in sports in North America. Guy sleeping twelve hours a day, <laughs> pitching, hitting. Can't believe why he's so tired. Also, the Rangers will have Astros will have Justin Verlander on the mound tonight. Ooh, against, I like it. Uh, Lazardo for the Miami Marlins. Do you have a what's popping pick of the night, RB? I mean, uh, Ty. I'm going to do a little parlay tonight. Two teams. I'm going to go with the Texas teams and take the Rangers and the Astros money line. Astros. Smart picks. Astros are looking over that scoreboard going, damn, Rangers, could we take a loss at some point? Mm-mm. Maybe a little, little losing skid of some kind? Big dogs stay on top. Well, hey, the, they putting their foot on the gas, though. I ain't hating on them Rangers Astros right now. Astros probably need to do uh, – everybody's got to take care of business Labor Day weekend. Three games at the GILF. The GILF! Rod, have a great Wednesday, man. You too, man. brother. Uh, we will pick this back up at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Jim Rome next, and Rich Eisen, Patrick Davis with the Sports Complex. If you miss any part of our show, it's all podcasts, all five hours, at your leisure, at hornfm.com and at the Horn app. <laughs>